Welcome. It's time to remap your mind. If you are ready for some mind remapping, deep food for thought, metaphysical, spiritual vitamins for your soul, you are most definitely in the right place. This podcast is all about empowering our community to go deeper, touching topics that most people may not think to think about with everyday real heroes who are trying to make a difference in our world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne, Master NLP and Hypnosis Practitioner and Trainer, Author, Speaker and Coach, and Founder of the Mind Remapping Nation. I am here to motivate, empower, and inspire you to be powerfully in the driver's seat of your mind and think outside the box so you can have the deepest experience of joy, success, freedom, and peace of mind in all areas of your life. Now let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know every time we release another Mind Remapping Meal for you. Okay, y'all, let's get meta. I'm Dr. Maisha. It's time to remap our minds, create life through design. I am here with my friend of many, many years. I don't even know how long it's been. 11. 11 years. See, I lose count. Um, I prefer to lose count because when I don't, then I'm, mm-hmm. that means I'm like aware of my age. Wes, WesDoesIt.com. But, you know, Wes is a lot of things to me at the moment. And um, it's interesting because when, when we were coming on, I, I, I had no idea. I was telling you before, I had no idea we were going to talk about. We talked about so many things. Yeah. But before we get to what we really want to talk about, which is the importance of male mentorship, mm-hmm. I want people to know who you are. And, and I think in knowing who you are and what you do, when we begin to talk about this topic, you'll get a sense of why it's so important to, for me to hear, for me to talk with you about this, okay. you know. So tell the audience who you are. Uh, like I'm, I'm Wes uh, of westdesert.com. I am a dad. Um, I've got three children, two steps, and they are varying ages. I'm 23 is my daughter's old. She's my oldest. And my boys are 11 and nine or ten and eight one or two because the birthdays are coming up yes where are you from i'm from high point north carolina mm. so i've been knowing west for now 11 years as mm. as he's indicated <laughs> i just remember meeting you while uh my first son just before he was born do you remember where we met uh, I think it was a couple of parties. We'd seen each other at a couple of parties, like during the poetry scene. Yeah. And they were having these gatherings with the poets would have an opportunity to do their poetry. And in Atlanta at the time, still, I think, had the best poets in the country. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, the movement here was huge at the time. So um, I think we were at one of those events. Together. I said I met you at John Good's party. Possibly. One of John Good's house parties at at um, you know it was a house party somewhere with Charlotte and all of those people. 
That was a, a thing they were calling the invitation. I think the invitation. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. And that was at Renita's house. Renita. Mm -hmm. That's where we met at Renita's house. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, it feels like I met you before then, or we saw each other in the poetry scene before then. But mm. what I remember about you was that your energy, it was your energy was different. You know, you go to these parties with these dudes and, you know, the, the, there there's the energy of it's a meat market. But you I didn't it didn't occur for me that that was your energy. Right. Right. Um, and and I don't even know how we connected after that, except for, you know, through the series of me knowing that you are a, a builder, a contractor. How do you mm -hmm. refer to yourself? Because my son refers to you as a builder. Yeah. I refer to you as a contractor. And, 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 but I know it doesn't really scratch the surface of what you really do because you do a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're an artist it's, too. It's, it's a lot of hats. I, I, I still think the core of it is I'm an artist mm -hmm. um, because that's always what I've been. Um, so the reason I'm a remodel contractor is because it, I get, I only got a certain amount of satisfaction out of mechanically doing things right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different types of artists visually, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who are abstract. There are people who are great idea people, and there are people who are good with perspective and angles and ma maneuvering the brush itself, mm -hmm. right? I'm one of those people who is good at maneuvering the brush itself. Mm -hmm. um, I would struggle with creative ideas mm -hmm. to paint and things to paint. I, I always had a hard time thinking of what to paint. Mm -hmm. Once I had any idea, I was always really good at executing the idea. Mm -hmm. So part of me knowing myself artistically mm -hmm. um, because I came like we were talking about earlier I came to Atlanta mm -hmm. to go to art school mm -hmm. while I was in art school I started working in construction to pay for it mm. and while I was doing that it was physical it was a workout it made sense because I was an athlete mm -hmm. so it felt like I was like this made more sense than just scoring points right like you know, yeah. we're not built to score points necessarily, <laughs> but if those are of us that are capable mm -hmm. of physically doing the task, mm -hmm. it just made sense. Yeah. Like, it just made sense. Yeah. Oh, so sidebar and mm -hmm. a whole other conversation is it occurs to me like you said we're not built for scoring points. And I, I love that you said that because scoring points is it's a white supremacy thing. Mm. But yeah. another conversation, y'all. Another conversation. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm very yeah. aware linguistically because y'all know what I do. I'm a master practitioner, trainer, hypnotherapist, neurolinguistic programming, and so I listen and I hear language and I'm aware of deeper meaning of language. And so sometimes when you say things, I'm like, wow, this is sort of, you know, with everything that's going on in the world today, I'm hearing it more and more and more because I'm sure. tuning into it, you know, with the background and the conscious anti-racism training. So mm -hmm. it's just interesting. I love that you said that we're not built to score points, but that was a sidebar. Yeah. Another thing that I got out of what you just said is that you took your artist background mm -hmm. and um, 
sublimate it into something that has been an amazing business for you over the years, an amazing, very like yeah. a, a plethora of skills. Cause you know, so what most of you don't know is yeah. that um, I am finishing up a remodel. It was supposed to be like a bathroom closet remodel, but it really turned into like a bathroom, closet, office, guest room, hallway <laughs> remodel, right? Yeah. Um, and that was my fault because I was like, yeah, I want a bathtub, but also want a closet. And then Wes was like, well, we got to move this wall and we got to extend them. And I was like, oh, okay, well. So then I bought a new couch and <laughs> I just decided, okay, let's just go all in, right? right. And so it's been really, really great. And um, you've contributed a lot you know, from a design standpoint, this is where I've gotten to know the artist side of you as well. Mm. But it's something that, you know, he's, he's, he, you've talked to me about the fact that you, you know, do roofs and you do plumbing and you do, you can do pretty much anything, yeah. but it starts at, I was an artist and, or you're, you are an artist, not was, you're, mm. you are an artist. You came mm. to Atlanta to go to art school. You yeah. started construction and then you, figure out a way to marry your artist spirit mm -hmm. with this thing that makes money that makes yeah. pretty good money yeah i um i remember like saying that i cut my hair my whole life mm -hmm. from birth till i came to college yeah. right mr hayes and i remember thinking i don't want anybody else to cut my hair right and the last year of high school, I was watching Mr. Hayes in the mirror when he cut my hair so mm. I could learn how to cut my own hair. Mm. Cause I was very particular about how I wanted my hair cut. Mm -hmm. I'm less particular now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more particular about the beard? But it's mildly. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Hayes, said something to me that I thought was interesting. And Mr. Hayes never called himself a barber. Mm. On his sign out front, it said, tonsorial artist. Wow. <laughs> and he said, art is the manipulation of physical matter. Mm. Whatever you use as your brush, is what you use as your brush. Mm -hmm. But you are an artist, so you can cut hair because you have the hands for it, you have the eyes for it, you have the patience for it. Mm -hmm. You just gotta learn to brush. Mm -hmm. That, as I you know, began working on houses, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's hanging drywall or putting the roof on or whatever, but I would always walk around and think, and it'd be nice if this was like this. That'd be nice if that was like that. Or I'd see something that was done and just go, wow. And then my brain starts, I'm not him, but if I were classified in a group of artists, I'd be closer to a Da Vinci type. Mm -hmm. Mechanically, I always get it. It's a, it's a very natural thing for me. I can tell level by vision. Right. I can tell level by just looking at it and I can see a I can tell an 89 degree angle from a 90 degree angle mm -hmm. on my own. It's just how I'm, I'm built. Mm -hmm. So when I started working in houses, I just didn't want to have anybody else holding the brush. Mm -hmm. I learned these other trades because 
I didn't want my plumber telling me where my shower valve couldn't be. Right. And I didn't want my electrician telling me where my electricity could go and couldn't go, where mm-hmm. I could and couldn't put my lights. Mm-hmm. So I learned it. Nice. I learned it so that I could put every piece of it exactly where I wanted it all. Yeah. I love that um, artistry is the manipulation of physical matter. And it's interesting, I'm like, I, and I wonder, like, is it, could it be the manipulation of other matter? Like, you know, energy, period. Like, you know, when we talk about, we talk about the art, we talk about the science of medicine, but a lot in our industry, we talk about the art of medicine. Mm. And some of that is um, energetic in nature, you know, mm. um, the things that we you know, I, I move energy and you know this about me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's um, about transforming the things that we can't see to transform people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just an interesting thing to think about manipulation of matter, mm-hmm. right? And artistry. I really like that. It's, you know, what we have these conversations, y'all, and it makes me think, and we, we start on one thing and we go on another. We are really coming to male mentorship, <laughs> I promise. But I, I just want you to get a sense of who he is because, you know, Wes has been uh, with his team, small team, because, you know, we're in the, we're in the pandemic, COVID, yeah. right? Small team, but he's been in the house for the past, what, four months or so? Yeah, three, three and a half, four months. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm a single mom, as most of you know by now, uh, with my six year old um, virtual schooling. And, you know, Wes and I have been friends for a long time. And so, you know, of course, my son, he feels that energy and he he will pop upstairs and be like, Mr. Wes, Mr. Wes. <laughs> And what I started noticing over the last, I guess it's been about a month now where he started, he's come up Mm. and just started hanging out upstairs with Mr. West and I'll be in the room. This is my office y'all, but my, my desk is behind me. I'll be in the room, like, you know, maybe like with a client or, you know, doing some work and I'll like just out in earshot, hear these conversations and I don't hear the content, but I just hear the conversations that are going on. Mm. And for me as a mom, it's, so important for me to have um, positive role models all around my son. Now, yeah. you know, as you know, my, my, my son's father is an active father. You know, we're friends. We have a really good relationship, but he lives in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. So that means that he only gets to see him every other weekends. And then when we do long stints, holidays and summer and spring break and things like that. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, it's just me and my son. And yeah. so, you know, to, to have you be exposed and him be exposed to you and, and, it, and, and um, the, it's always good to have him exposed to different, different trades, different artistries and, and see black men, successful black men, entrepreneurs, because he knows his mama's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. doing their thing. And, yeah. and so I, I guess I just wonder, like, for you, you know, what's that like for you? And, and where does that in terms of male mentorship, like where do you sit on that? Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's a, the most natural thing in the world to me. Um, 
I'm I'm from a large family, not the immediate household. I have one biological sister, but I've got sixty plus first cousins. That's you know, and I learned everything from them. I learned everything from them. My dad, just like a lot of dads of his time, um, went out, worked an overworked, underpaid job. Um, so came home tired came home quiet mm-hmm. if you came home loud you just got out of the way right. and so we didn't do a lot of bonding through some because it was like he'd go out and fight this war every day mm-hmm. and then come home and kind of buffer himself from us to decompress um, but so I had cousins and I had uncles and I had you know guys in the community church and whatever uh, uh, resources we had at the time. And I, I knew, I remember very distinctly, like I learned how to talk to girls from my older cousin, Calvin. I learned how to fight from my older cousins, uh, Gerald and Daryl. I learned how to be fearless from my, you know, one of my best friends, Raynard. Um, so I, I, I got the importance of having the village available and the village around. And this day and age, you know, we get so much visual on so much of the bad in the world right. that we've become fearful of everything as if that all of those things are happening on our actual block. Right. So we're less social particularly with our children than we used to be. Mm-hmm. We're a lot more protective of people being around our children. And there's some pros and some cons to that. Mm-hmm. But um, So when I've got the opportunity to, to give back, you know, to that circle mm-hmm. that I'm, you're in, you know, mm-hmm. um, then I do because I also get something back from it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's like with, with my own children, uh, people comment all the time on how well behaved my kids are or how great my relationship is with my children. And I, I don't know, I'd like to take credit for it, but it's, it's like what I enjoy doing. Like I enjoy doing it. Like I miss them when they're gone. I I want to see them when they're gone. Like Asia's right now not working with me today. She's on another project and I miss her every time mm-hmm. she's not here. Um, which just, it's maybe half nature, half nurture. Mm-hmm. It's what I kind of feel like I'm built for, but it's also um, how I was raised. Right. So I've got one of the things as a contractor that I do is I take on a lot of young black men mm-hmm. from wherever, from however. Construction becomes a default sometimes for right. black people. They say, oh, you, you messed up in school, mm-hmm. you dropped out. You can always go get a job in construction. Mm-hmm. As a default thing, you come out the halfway house, go get a job in construction. Um, so interesting, the stigma around construction. Yeah. You know, like that's an interesting perspective mm-hmm. to have. 
um, that construction would be a default like that, mm. you know? It can be. Um, but it doesn't have to be viewed that way. No. I mean, I don't, I don't think it in, in a lot of communities it's not. Mm-hmm. But in some, it just is. We we went through like we're like the eighties, nineties. We're we're the kids that watch the internet right. become right, and we're the first generation that knows life before it, mm-hmm. and was old enough to remember life before it, right, right, and be a participant in it, right, at the same time. That's right. So, you know, we, we get a different perspective, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, between Steve Jobs and, and the Microsoft man, and all those people, all the boom and all the push became technology. Right. You got to learn, sit behind it. You got to learn computer skills. You got to mm-hmm. learn, which, which were relevant. Mm-hmm. That was a significant and important thing. That's but, right. But those communities that weren't doing that mm-hmm. um, or exclusively doing that mm-hmm. were still focusing on their building. They were teaching their sons how to do trades and skills. A mm-hmm. um, couple of things that I remember from the older guys when I was young was always get a truck. If you got a truck, you can make some money. Mm-hmm. Get a truck, you can mm-hmm. make some money. Mm-hmm. Period. Somebody will hire you to do something if you got a truck. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for it, <laughs> I can actually yeah. see that's true. <laughs> you pull up to an interview in construction, right? Mm-hmm. With your girlfriend dropping you off. <laughs> and the next guy pulls up in his own truck. You got no chance of that job. Right. You got no chance of getting that job over the truck guy. Mm-hmm. So, and and for me, it was considered the fault. I was like, this is an emergency plan mm-hmm. if I need to go get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my grandfather worked with his hands. He built this house mm-hmm. that he raised 12 kids in. Mm-hmm. And I admired that. I always admired that so much. I remember when we were butting into our teens and feeling strong and I'm on a you know, nationally ranked in powerlifting. I'm nationally ranked in my wrestling team. We're out at my grandfather's farm and mm-hmm. there's a barrel of, I don't know what, but it's locked down and he's got this, and it's sitting behind his pickup truck and he's like, throw that barrel on the truck. Mm. And me and my cousins were out grabbing that truck. <laughs> Some of us could get it off the ground, but right. we couldn't get it into that truck. Uh-huh. And my grandfather came out. He's probably in his 60s, easy. And he grabbed the rim of the barrel, put his knee on that thing. Boom! It's up in the air. Bam! Set it upright on the truck. And boom! Pushed it back. And he's like, strap that down. And walked away. And I was like, God. <laughs> And, I, and all I can remember thinking was, I thought I was peaking. I thought I was at right. prime knee. I'm right. like, I ain't done yet. There's a lot further to go. <laughs> and I was like, man. It, so it felt like to me, if I'm made of that, yeah, 
then I got to give that some real thought and some real consideration. And I got to see what that does firsthand. All yeah. I'd known of it prior to that was how to score points in various sports mm -hmm. and how to win fights. You know, it just brings something to mind for me. When we talk about mentorship, we always think about, you know, this like, okay, we're going to sit down and have a talk, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to mentor this, I'm going to mentor this young lady. I'm going to mentor this young man. We're going to talk to them. Yeah. But what you just illustrated is that the mentorship sometimes is in the modeling. Mm -hmm. And actually not sometimes, most times, like it's Thanks. everything that you say and don't say. And because the kids are like sponges and they're watching. And so the conversation is the conversation, but it's it's the it's the actions, it's the thing that they're watching. So, you know, as like me as a parent, I'm always doing the work to model what I want my son to to see about how to treat women, how to communicate, mm -hmm. how to be with people, period. Um, how to go about life unstoppably and fearlessly, right? Mm -hmm. um, how to be inquisitive, how to be, you know, yeah. like all of that, right? And um, how to let people into your life, mm -hmm. you know, how to create friendships and maintain friendships, how to support the people in your life. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting and maybe um, I... I don't even know how to categorize this, but we were talking about a little bit about some of what, 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 what's been going on in the world and um, in terms of racism. And I, yeah. I don't, you know, the conversations are six-year-old, you know, conversations, right? And so um, Delson hasn't, because I mostly support black businesses and um, I, my, you know, he's around his family a lot, mm -hmm. even though, and we've been home for a year and, he mostly his exposure is you know black entrepreneurs yeah. you know black, black people yeah. and and you know we live in a mixed neighborhood you know we live yeah. in a fairly diverse neighborhood and his school that he's gone to has been diverse and he has you know diverse friendship friends but we were talking one day and um he was saying we were talking about the fact that some people wouldn't you know might not like him as much because of his brown skin mm. and um and he was like, you mean light brown skin versus dark brown skin? And I was like, well, you know, there are people who don't have brown skin at all. <laughs> He's like, oh, <laughs> it's like your teacher, you know, like your teacher, mm -hmm. your teacher has white skin. Oh, you know, like, like it was interesting to, because he's been so exposed, that his default is to understand, appreciate and love his brown, his brown skin and appreciate our black skin, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. But... I think you being in the space, all mm -hmm. that you say and don't say, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall sometimes in you, you all's conversations. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, the boys club conversation. Right. Impact him. <laughs> Although, you know, he, he, I have to tell you guys the story. Um, so, so, you know, Delson's a six year old and so he still has developmentally six year old behavior sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was one day he was jumping up and down, screaming and throwing his a temper tantrum, which, you know, is what six-year-olds sometimes do every now and then. Not as much as, as a two-year-old, mm -hmm. but, you know, yeah. he had a meltdown. So Wes was here. He must have heard it from down in the garage. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And so I hear later on in the, in the, in the day, uh, a conversation happening, a sliver of a conversation that I think was referencing that incident. So now Delson and I later that night, fast forward to later that night, I'm putting him to bed and he says, you know, Mr. West heard me screaming. He heard me screaming. <laughs> and, um, and I said, oh yeah? He said, yeah. He came in, he was like, well, what's that all about? And I said, okay. He said, he said, mom, we worked it out. We talked it out. And I was like, you did. <laughs> and for me in that moment, it was the epitome of this is what happens when you have good people in your life and you allow for that. I call it communal parenting, you mm. know, um, back in the day, that's how it was. And like you said, you know, there's so much fear now in our community, I hear the pitter patter of little feet, by the way. Um, so much fear in our community that I think um, we have come away from that allowance um, of that communal parenting. And I think you do have to be mindful of who you choose to be in your space because everybody's dealing with their own stuff. And sometimes they can project that um, their old wounds on you know, other people, including the kids. Uh, so then the reason I think it's so important that we do that deep work and, you know, you once told me, well, I don't do deep work or personal development, but that's a lie. Cause you was listening to O show the other day and that's, <laughs> that's passive work. I mean, it's work. It's work. I was listening to it. I was walked in the room and I was listening to, I was, I was like, that man do work. He well, about I don't know. Maybe I categorize it differently. Yeah, you can, maybe so. Maybe it's linguistically different, but if because you listen, I'm always listening. I'm yeah, always trying to learn something. Yeah. That's work. Yeah, that's work. That's like um, there's always uh, you know that Will Smith movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Right? Mm-hmm. That is like a, a life goal mm-hmm. for me. Um, and it had nothing to do with what my financial standing is. Uh, it's a part of it. Right. But it, I remember hitting a low point once in life and thinking, how do I avoid this ever happening again? Mm-hmm. How do I avoid feeling not willing to enjoy and participate fully in life how do i how do i not ever feel this way again Mm -hmm. and what i allowed myself to do was consciously do something that kind of happens with meditation for me Mm -hmm. which is when i meditate and i get to a place of stillness and a place of silence Mm -hmm. everything goes away everything goes away and when i come back from that state the important things come back first. Mm. The big things come back first. Right. And it makes me realize how much small, how small the small things actually were and how many things were not significant at all. Right. When I was able to kind of do that consciously with my life and what I was doing with my life at the time, the big things came back first. Mm. The big things were my children, my time with my children. These are the natural loves of my life. Right. Right? 
and I've always viewed them never as my property, but like, I always imagine it going down like this. We're, we're in our outer space bubbles of love-like consciousness, right? Yeah. And we're hanging out. Mm-hmm. And we're all talking about going down to Earth and being humans, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, somebody's got to go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, you know, some... There's a couple of them that were bold enough to be like, all right, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to set you up. Mm-hmm. But once you get there, you got to you gotta come back from right. somebody else. You right. got to let us down. Right. And um, so me and my children being different ages has no bearing on our values. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like they're my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because I came first, right? And I got and 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 when you get here, you come here with very little capacity for this body yet, mm-hmm. and very little understanding of this environment yet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like I got here, I got old enough to see some of this, figure some of this out, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna try to get you going. Right. As I age, I'll, I'm always conscious of trying to give to my children and to younger males and because that's who I have the biggest impact with. Right. What, whatever I can think of that I wish I had. Mm, Yeah. Whatever thing I can think of that I did have that I'm glad I had. Right, 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 right. And then I just push those things Mm -hmm. or, or, or make it available at the very least. Right. And and if the kid grabs it, they grab it, and you know, they, I think it's important to have very very many options. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I grew up with lots of aunties, lots mm-hmm. of aunties, lots of cousins, and learned different things from each one. And even as an as an adult, you know, as especially as a young adult, I gravitated towards. Um, successful women spiritual women who who had something to teach me like you know people when i do these interviews people always ask well who are your biggest mentors and there's a doc who um i always name dawn her name is dawn alter she's up in new york because the thing i remember most from her is that one day i called her and i was like man i quit you know, like I was having an I quit day. Like I, I had this business, this, this, this integrative medicine thing. I quit. And she was like, you can't quit. You can't quit because this is your assignment. Mm. And I never forgot that. Like my life's assignment. Mm. And that healing is my assignment in whatever form it takes. Because, you know, I've been through multiple careers of mm. healing. You know, so healing in the in the medical domain and then healing in the coaching domain with other doc moms and healing in the, you know, reviving the, the, the um, passion for business and medicine. Mm-hmm. And now back in the unconscious mind and dealing from trauma, you know, right. and, and um, parenting, and you know, like really empowering parenting, mm-hmm. which is one of my, one of my biggest loves right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that even as 
as we grow up. And and look, my child, yeah. man, he is my biggest teacher. You know, yeah. biggest teacher. And I think as parents, we have to really get that that our children are. You know, it's like what you said. Like you know, we're all the the souls playing with each other, and someone goes down first. And to remember, like, as that is the case, the the soul that comes down after you, even though we might be responsible for that soul, y'all have been playing together like mates yeah. for a while. So they have just as much much to teach me, the kids, yeah. you know, as I have to teach them, yeah. if we listen. And so sure. I just appreciate, I, you know, that about my son, and I appreciate the giving back and the mentorship. <clears throat> that you've been for him that you know i'm gonna send him i'm i'm you know have his own personal camp with you uh <laughs> in the summertime up. be like go work with mr whip <laughs> that, that happens all the time that happens all the time and with teenagers and sometimes young 20 year olds right and I love it. i'm good right. with it because here's the thing that that sometimes happens when we talk about the streets, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And these kids that get raised in the streets mm-hmm. or living in the streets. But the streets are are just <clears throat> other kids whose parents aren't home either. Mm-hmm. And that may mean they're just working a lot because mm-hmm. they have to. Right. That may mean they got incarcerated. They may, they may mean a number of things, mm-hmm. but what it does mean is they aren't grown-ups around leaving a... a a worldly impression, right. an older, more educated mm-hmm. understanding of the world. So it's just kids figuring it out right. together. Right. And they're all wrong. They're all dumb. Right. They're all wrong. They're all dumb. Right. I was fortunate to have a particularly wise grandfather. Mm-hmm. And there was some trickle down from that to my uncles, mm-hmm. my father, mm-hmm. my mother. Mm-hmm. And... It wasn't the same thing, but it was a, a it was such a high bar. It was something that I always felt so far away from. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to get there mm-hmm. to get that level of understanding, that level of comfort about things. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever I see it, or whenever I make it available, I try to make it available because I was dumb then too <laughs> and if and i'm dumb now <laughs> by the standard that i expect to be at in another 5 10 15 years right and i acknowledge it by staying open to new understanding right a lot of people think you have to burn an old understanding to get a new understanding right but really understanding is a sphere Mm-hmm. It gets bigger. Mm-hmm. It gets bigger. Your circle of understanding gets bigger. Right. Doesn't mean I gave up this thing or that thing. Mm-hmm. I understand it well enough to know maybe my time participating in that thing is over. Maybe right. not. But doesn't mean I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the same with these kids. They just come down halfway empty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you try to give them as much information as I can and much capacity to navigate it mm-hmm. because if they don't get it they'll just get it from another dummy and i don't <laughs> care who it's they so are true. if 
I don't know that there's a 20 year old on the planet that's making better life choices, you know, right. than somebody with 20 more years of experience. Right. And, and maybe it's just to give direction. Right. Maybe it's just to give direction. Sometimes you can tweak it a little bit what they're already on. Because mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys. I'm mindful to not be one of those people that judges the next generation mm -hmm. to the point where we create such a huge division right. that they don't listen to us because we don't listen to them and we don't respect them so right. they don't respect us. Right. When people talk about the skinny jeans and the pants and you're like what why are we even fucking having that conversation right, right. who cares right i can look at pictures of my dad and some polyester pants <laughs> way too much exposure right way too much exposure right. they had midriff belly out yeah. shirts then i'm like <laughs> it didn't kill us it didn't make us right. perverts it didn't make us weird it didn't make us Anything other than who we were going to be anyway. <laughs> right. Having fashion choices right. and feeling good about these bodies being in their peak conditioning. Mm -hmm. And again, we came from the stars. So mm -hmm. when this shit is all the way right, we want to show it off. Right, right. <laughs> That's just what it is. While we can. Like, <laughs> While, While we, we can. can. <laughs> if you could go back to your 25 year old body you step right back on them child <laughs> i still got some pictures i'm like oh i look good in that bathing suit well it was good while it lasted <laughs> you know? i have to wear a different kind of bathing suit now <laughs> all <say>. good <laughs> look i watched the roy jones mike tyson fight and i was like oh man that ain't but eight nine years away i can't <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm -mm. no sir i gotta do something <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious well i just i mean you know look i already told you you're gonna be like my recurring guest co-host because we got so much stuff to talk about man we still gotta talk about entrepreneurship oh, we yeah. still gotta talk about parenting mm. we still gotta talk about relationships we got mm. so much stuff to talk about yeah. And so I just, I, I do want to really thank you for um, not only having this conversation with me, mm. but for your friendship, oh. for, yeah, you know, I was going to do that, huh? <laughs> I always do. Um, no, but really for your friendship, for the relationship that you've cultivated with my son, for um, that mentorship that you give him, for your artistry and how you transformed Almost, you know, like 90% done, right? But yeah. like, I see the transformation just for who you've been over the years in all of the spaces that we've interacted. Yeah. Mm. And who you are as a strong, uh, successful, um, spiritual black man. Like just, I honor you as a king. Wow. Really. Um, and so I just want, I want to thank you. I want to honor you. And I thank you for being here with me today. And I just look forward to so many more of these conversations. Yeah. And listen, before we go, you got to tell people how they can follow you, how they can get in touch with you, um, how they can work with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, westdoesit.com, W-E-S-D-O-E-S-I-T.com. Or you can hashtag westdoesit on most platforms, I'm not quite a Snapchat TikToker yet. 
<laughs> but everywhere else, I'm there. So it, it's fairly easy to find me and, and reach me. Awesome. And I appreciate being here. I, I enjoy it. And I appreciate you trusting me with your home. I trust, appreciate you trusting me with your son, which yeah. is also a big thing. Uh, he's a good company. So <laughs> so I'm glad to have him now that we're past the, you know, knocking walls out stage. Right. You know, it's nice to have some company during the polish the tile stage. Right. So it's good. It's good. <laughs> Good. Well, we'll have all your information in the show notes, and y'all better go check out his IG, and then if you're on Facebook, check out the Facebook. Um, you probably will see me flossing all of my pictures when it's all said and done. I'm probably going to do a video walkthrough yeah. of the entire uh, work that's been done so people can, I can brag about it, people can see. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be a part. All right, all right, all right, y'all. Well, go check out westdoesit.com. And of course, you know what to do if you want more of that deep work, that unconscious mind work. If you want to learn how to uh, do it yourself, you just go to remapmymind.com. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did. Remember to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we release a new episode. Also, this is truly a movement for us, and I'm committed that this message reaches the masses. However, I am clear that it is you, our listeners, who help us to grow. So if you like this podcast, I would love and appreciate if you'd let us know. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and then share it with just three of your friends. We want to expand our reach and bring transformation to all of our brothers and sisters out there who are still seeking more freedom, purpose, and peace of mind in their lives. And finally, if you want to learn more about how to join our community, it's simple. Go to www.mindremappingnation.com. And if you're interested in learning more about NLP and hypnosis and how you can learn and train with us, consider looking at our upcoming classes. You can read more about that at remapmymind.com or schedule directly if you want more deep work at remapmymind.today. As always, we love and appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Namaste.